What does motion sound like? With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks. A word from our sponsor, Von Seger Designs is a small Nebraska custom woodworking business making hand-burned customized wood pieces to be a statement in any room. Working with clients every step of the way, from hand-selecting the wood to customizing the design Von Segrin Designs, makes the process as smooth as possible. Specializing in items from themed bar carts and tables to cutting boards and signs so that you can show your team pride all year round. Show your Husker support in a unique and functional way. When you work with Von Segrin Designs, you support small businesses throughout the region. Allow Von Segrin Design to create a custom, fresh, hand-burned piece wood for your home or business. You can link up with them at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-D-N-E-S-I-1 and at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-N underscore designs. So check them out on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram as well. Uh, go Big Red, and uh, let's start the podcast. everybody thank you very much for joining us tonight there are two of the three here uh zach here like normal and joined by our vegan friend fitzgerald fitz how are you doing today i'm doing fine but let's let's just cut to the chase where in the hell did this vegan came thing come from just because i have the the body of a 15 year old boy who doesn't play any sports i mean is that kind of what you're going off of or i'm uncomfortable you know what the body of a 15 year old boy looks like were you ever a 15 year old boy nope came out came out looking just like this oh my god what what can i say can you imagine the looks of the faces on the nurses and the doctor if that actually did happen yeah it'd be a one Tiny or one human being shitting out Randy the Macho Man Savage would be absolutely fucking terrifying for everybody involved in that situation. I'm gonna paint this picture and then we can just stop recording and probably start over. But it would be Ryan, Randy Macho Man Savage essentially coming out of the body of George the Animal Steel. God, that'd be absolutely disgusting. 
just you know he was a kind of a hairy guy what he was say? very hairy and he had a blue yeah. tongue i think <laughs> yeah let's uh so anyway this yeah this vegan thing yes it was funny i i just the the comedy was in where the hell did that come from so that's why it's and it gained some traction so it was it was pretty good well it's better than calling you a virgin which is was my original intention and oh i went with vegan instead so that oh, that's, that's pretty that's pretty much how that happened because okay, i'm kind of dyslexic apparently that's what that's what happens when we have 6 30 p.m games we get too much time during the day to kill yeah pretty much and that's a good way to kill time <laughs> well before we get to nebraska because we're gonna obviously do the purdue nebraska game did you get a chance to watch the Alabama uh, Tennessee game? Uh, bits and pieces, but I was kind of monitoring it on on media. So, Josh Heupel is an impressive play caller down there at Knoxville. It looked very similar to, I shouldn't oh. say very similar, but it looked like what he was doing at UCF. That kind of high powered, explosive. That what you expect out of UCF offenses. That's what Tennessee was doing last night. And against that's Alabama. Okay, thank you for that's the that's the part right there because that's where people four years ago envisioned Scott Frost taking Nebraska, right? Bringing what he was doing at UCF, bringing it to Nebraska, and having some success. Yep, you now got the you young hot hypo got uh, coordinator making yeah. their or not coordinator, excuse me, but you know he worked his way up to the group of five, group of five to power five, and. For anyone saying that Josh Heupel is going to leave that job, nope. Oh, Tennessee? Uh-huh. Oh, no, he's he's got to be there for the long haul now. Yep, I that, mean, that, he can, nope, he ain't leaving. Yeah. Well, that's, and That's an SEC job. <laughs> nope, he ain't and leaving. Let's, and let's not pretend, and I don't even know if maybe this, maybe this idea isn't out there as much as it used to be, but it, it's not like the SEC is a juggernaut for defense right they've got a anymore, they, everybody i mean every team has a couple couple studs and they're going to get drafted and there's guys at all levels but i mean well, you're just playing, remember there's you're probably no more defensive talent than than what alabama has anywhere in the country almost yeah, just what have they done with them i mean i i well, don't know it's, it's interesting to, just to see alabama get ran like that but but um it was a positive. Is it? Or maybe not. I shouldn't state it. I'll ask you. Was it a? Are positive? you proclaiming it or are you? No, no. I'm, it? I'm. I'm. I'm asking you. Is it? Is that a positive sign for for your guy Bill O'Brien? Is that he was able to call the offense that kept up with the team that did put up 52 points? I don't know, but he's he's such a young upstart coordinator that I don't know if Saban can do it without him. I really think he. Really think he's got to stay down there and see his career blossom. I don't I, think there's anyone that. Uh, I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I know you're not. I know you're not real high on uh, on Bill yeah, O'Brien. My so. enthusiasm with Bill O'Brien is not not high. <laughs> I, I believe I described Bill O'Brien as a uh, plain yogurt once. So that's which he probably eats none of. Yeah, but he's got the appeal of plain yogurt there you go the the shelf appeal yeah that's what i want plain yogurt now 
the the other thing, and as I said, we'll kind of get into it. There were from highlights and checking in and out what that because you had your receiver from Tennessee score four touchdowns, right? And there were some yeah. that were just like he was running free and running past guys, similar to someone we saw last night in Scarlet and Cream. Yeah, so, I don't want to hear anyone fucking complaining about defense anymore because when it's happening at Alabama, it's fucking happening everywhere. It's, it's just the, it's that is the way of that the rules have been geared toward offense. Defense doesn't sell tickets. Offense does. What people are showing up for. No one gives a. I can't count how many people were complaining about the Illinois Iowa game. If you really love defense, you would have stuck around for that game. Uh huh. But instead, everybody was talking, and we're talking about right now the Alabama Tennessee game, which was fifty-two to forty-nine. Which one's more appealing? Yeah. And if you tell me six three, you're lying. Well, and because it's now you got to dive into that because we all know if if somebody just said if Bert told wasn't wearing that his game, shirt, that would be better. Well, and if somebody just tells you that score, somebody that's not watching the game is going to assume it's that defense stuff. They're not going to realize that Iowa's offense is just straight trash. You right? know, Petrus is just throwing this season because he doesn't want to look too good. Fuck you, Drake. <laughs> I'll be the one to bring that to the forefront, and I still want to admit I'm wrong. That's hilarious. So it goes. And then uh, our our boy, old Gundy, lost. After leading <laughs> that entire game, they I, – I cannot fathom how the fuck they lost that game, but they did hey. in double overtime. Uh-huh. To Sonny Dykes, first-year coach at TCU. Well, I was going to say first-year coach, no, but at TCU, yes. Yes. No, I think of Sonny Dykes, before... I think he's like 78 or something. It's yeah, he's uh, he's getting up there in age. Mm-hmm. He's not Whipple old, but he's up there. Yeah, I was uh, I was pretty shocked to say that, to, to see that one because we had 21 point. Vic, or, you know, lead, you usually don't piss that one away, especially when you're Gundy. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it, it's the same problem that I feel like every Big 12 team has, though. I mean, it, defensively, they don't have that, they don't have that dude. And they don't have that dude on the line that can make a difference. It's, we're seeing that problem at Nebraska though, right now, though, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it's and and again, we're just kind of setting the table for what's going to come both sides of the ball, interior line or just line play in general. Just we're not seeing it. Well, yeah. And that's what I said yesterday when I was asked when I was on, you know, the the show on the radio, I, I asked one. I think it was a three part question. Am I confident in this offense of offensive line? No. Do I think they can keep Casey Thompson from getting hurt? No. And they've showed that. And I think the third one was, do I think that they can get a push or something or be consistent enough to sustain the offense? Also, no. So every one of those came to came to fruition yesterday. The only thing was Casey Thompson's maybe a little too tough for his own good. Um, Standing in there the shots a bit too he's long. taken. Yeah. No, I mean just the shots he's he's taking oh. and being able to get back up. I mean, he took one. I think it was a 
the shot square to the ribs that there ain't no way he's doesn't have at least fractured ribs at this point of the, the season. Well, I'm going to give, I'm going to give somebody who's got more time and is a little bit smarter than me um, and wants to, to create something fun on Twitter of t- taking and cutting up all of the hits that Casey Thompson has taken this year and either put it to the, some Rocky music or put it to the, the sound effects of Mike Tyson's punch out or do something because that would be, I think, unfortunately at this point we're in eight games. Are we in eight games, seven games? I don't even know. Are we three uh, and four? Seven. So seven games. Yep. So that could be seven games, all of the hits. Um, if you kind of give it the play, that could be like a 10 minute <laughs> video clip, which is, which is sad to, sad I mean, to say. He's, he's taken some shots this year and, and like I, I've said this, that, that that offensive line is a huge concern anyway, but it I, I'm really concerned for Prohaska coming back. Um, I don't know anything about his recovery, anything like that, so I'm not trying to put a false rumor or anything like that out there. But my concern is you got a six foot nine guy who has had a now shoulder injury that ended his season, mm-hmm. and a lower body knee injury that's ended his season. That's a lot of wear and tear on a 19-year-old who has got a freakish frame, but I, I don't know how I don't know how long that machine's built to built to last. Okay, can we just can we just start there then? Freakish frame, six what six nine? Six nine, and then Ben Hart is six. I think six eight to six ten somewhere in there. And those are those are our tackles, right? Correct. Cope, yes. Cox, Cochran. Is a is a big tall too. Six four, yep. Yeah. I mean, I let's doesn't in your opinion, does that have to change? Yeah. Does that they've got to and I yep. think you know leverage there's a lot is a of motherfucker when when you can utilize it. And there's a lot of people talking about, you know, and I I think it was, and I'm gonna give him credit because I'm almost positive it was him, Adam Carricker, uh on Twitter talked about you know, you, you recruit these guys that were just bigger than their competition in high school. And maybe they didn't have the dog in them. Maybe they didn't have the technique. They didn't have to rely on any of that. Right. They didn't know other than just manhandling somebody because you're taller, bigger, stronger. And I think maybe now we're, we're seeing that. And then, you know, I also just can't understand over the last four years, you know, before that, like what type of offensive linemen that they recruited, but what was, what were they recruiting it for? What was the, what was the reason that they needed six, eight, six, nine tackles in their system? What was, is it run blocking? No. Is it pass pro? No. Is it. Does Scott Frost Google how tall does an offensive lineman need to be in the big 10? And someone said that. That was the first search result. Okay, that's that's hilarious. That's um, hilarious. Yeah. So here's the thing: if you've got a dude that's six foot nine or six foot ten, great. That's that's a one percent of the one percent. But being able to have him functional out there with the way that they're lifting under Duval as as power lifters, they're they're so rigid, and you can tell there's no fluidity on the offensive line. There's no you just see the defensive line shooting gaps like crazy. And that offensive line looks like they're stuck in quicksand. Um, 
that does go back to the weight room. I mean, if you've got a dude that can squat 900 pounds, that's fucking neat. Great. But if he can't move, we've got a problem now. And we've had a problem. And you know what? I'll be the first one to admit, admit it because why not? I love the videos. The The lifting videos are cool as shit. But I've, you know what? I, I've seen a lot of cool lifting videos. Ronnie Coleman, you, you know, uh, Arnold back in the day. I I want my football. I want my players to be players, not bodybuilders. And well, that's what we've been building is bodybuilders. Well, and I don't even know if, if, if those guys, those offensive linemen are squatting bodybuilding. Well, there we go. Our body, but like it, cause you're not, you're not seeing strength. You're not seeing the you're ability seeing strength to, in the weight room in the, okay. Yes. But it's not functional. Well, exactly. And that's, that's what I'm saying is we're not seeing the, the um, crossover from what's happening in the, the strength and conditioning program to the, to the field. And that's a problem when your head coach doesn't have an identity because he can't, can't tell the strength and conditioning coach, this is what, what I want my athletes to be able to do. Yeah. Like, well, I believe it was Stefan Wynn when he transferred up from Alabama. I believe he made a statement about seeing, never seeing guys lift the kind of weight that they're doing or something like that. Well, yeah, it makes sense. Guys at Alabama probably aren't squatting 900 pounds for three reps, but they're probably squatting five plates for 10. So just, just a little bit of how you're training the body can go a long way, but I, I think the, I think the body's going to go through a radical shift. Yeah. Well, um, and that's especially what, at certain spots. Well, and that's what they, that's what they've got to, they've got to figure out. And, and, and so, you know, we'll get to the, we'll get to the Purdue game. And this is obviously a big part of it because, you know, again, the, the interceptions that Thompson has been throwing are indicative of the lack of time that he has um, I think, you know, sometimes it's, it's getting rid of it, obviously too soon, um, not being able to step into throws, you know, there's a litany of things that, that go into all of this, um, you know, but again, to, to stay where they were and to have a chance for that game was, uh, I mean, I still can't figure that out, um, of why or how they were, um, within, you know, within a touchdown of that game at the end and, potentially a, a couple of chances to get off the field and, and go, but you know, uh, I just luck at a certain point. I mean, Oh, luck at a certain poor, point, but, but that defense did a what secondary, it needed to do. Yeah. Um, the, the defense did what it needed to do. It just, it couldn't close the deal. Let's, let's not forget. I mean, we can talk all the shit we want to, but Purdue was still a 14 point favorite. Mm-hmm. Nebraska lost by six. Okay, it's a one. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't even want to even go into the one score loss bullshit. I don't care. A loss is a loss. Is a loss is a loss. But you you did better than what you should have done. But let's be honest here. Well, a lot of people were picking a three to four score victory for Purdue. Okay, you had again, a punch and pe- you had a punch and shot. Yeah, and not to we're not going down that road again. But they didn't quit. Like they're, they're fighting and it's not just that they're fighting for Mickey. They're not just, but they're fighting for each other, right? They're playing with pride. They're playing for Nebraska. There there's a, there's a bigger 
element in right now that's that's going on because when that game was 27 to 10 we've seen that we've seen that before and it could have gotten uglier than it was for a while and then there you go so i don't know i what what did you what did you see that impressed you um, you know, I, I'm going to go with the cop out answer to start us off with, because he was the best player on the field, regardless of position and regardless of team. Trey Palmer last night was the absolute MVP of the game. And it's very easy to say, and I think all of us can be very clear with this without Trey Palmer on this team. This is an Owen 16. Let's go. Oh, what it is. It, there's yeah. no way that this team has won a game. And just so we're clear, Trey Palmer, it, that that relationship that him and Mickey have, and we Priscilla has told this numerous times, we're actually seeing what Trey Palmer is because he's comfortable here. That relationship with him and Mickey is special, and I think that's why we're seeing the most out of the best player on the team who is actually leading the country in receiving yards right now, I believe. Yeah, 10, 10 4, 6, 100. I mean, he just showed it all. He was just showing off. Like 297 or 293 total yards last night. I think it was, I thought it was 297. I thought that's what it was too, because I know he had a 60 yard. He was actually the re- leading rusher too for Nebraska. Yeah. So he had a 60 yard rush. And then I think it was um, 237 yards receiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, and, and he, and it's not like he, it was one of those where he just had those four long catches, right? Like he was mixing in. He was he was getting first downs. He was catching across the middle. He was doing everything. And then he was running great routes. He was getting open and the ball was on time. Well, there was one touchdown. He had to stop and wait for the ball. But other than that, I mean, it was it was amazing. It was it really, really was. It's and it's I think as Nebraska much as mock or so say, used as to much seeing as, it happen against yeah, us. Yeah, that's that's where it is. Yeah. It's like, oh, here we go. And most of the time it's yeah, it's it's receiver. Usually it's a rusher, which we saw that again last night too. You know, you make you make Mockaby um look like Doak Walker and it wasn't um, you know, and I got a question for you because you've been a fan for a while and that's not an old joke for once. And I took it that way. I, I know you did. This actually wasn't <laughs> meant to be that way for once. You've seen a lot of games in the past, and you you've seen it when Nebraska's faced adversity, especially under Frost the last few years. Was there and, and you have the ah shit moment when you see the team kind of freeze up and fold? Since Mickey's taken the head spot, have you felt that way once? No, not the, not the, oh shit, here we go again moment. It wasn't yep. that. The only time it was yesterday, and I'm, I'll probably go back to that um, 10, 10 or 27 to 10 situation or that time in the game. Uh, there's a couple times where it's real quick three and out, stuff like that. It wasn't the, oh shit, here we go again. It was the, oh, now we're just coming back down to reality. It wasn't that the, it wasn't that, the the floor was falling out by any means it was that you know what we we played probably better than we should have under some circumstances 
the last couple of weeks and, and we, we caught ourselves on a good run. Um, but then they just stuck with it. What to me, and it's not, it's, it's, it's Mickey Joseph's leadership, but their ability in the second half, the things that they're doing defensively with from Bill Bush, that right there is a big part of the story. Like you go from giving up 27 first half points to 16 second half points. And for, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's crazy to just kind of think, you know, what, what they've done, but you know, the original question though, I don't, you don't have that, that worry that it's, you know, going to completely fall apart. I don't also have the confidence that it, you know, I'm not going to tell you I was, the game got going. I didn't imagine that game being a six score or six point game at the end, you know, they got it back and then they give one up and he just, you know, I don't know. It's, it was weird. It was really, really weird. It was, I, I look at it positively because it, you feel like that, that team feels like that they've got a shot now because under frost, you felt like when you were down by even a touchdown or a field goal, you felt like, man, that's insurmountable. That's 28 points. No, that is a, that's a touchdown. And it it felt just like top down because you've just seen guys start to melt down and then start pressing. But I think that's because the head guy was pressing. Maybe I could be wrong with that, but I just, I don't feel like that under Mickey. I feel like, Hey, there's, there's, there's the game's four quarters. We got 60 minutes. We're going to play all 60 of them. Let's see how it turns out in the end. And you see it, you know, and maybe it's, it's one of those things you you talk about it. So now it's in your mind and you see it more often type of thing, but I I feel like he's coaching more connecting more with the players on the sidelines. I'm not just talking about going to every meeting and getting to know the defensive guys and stuff like that. I'm just, I'm talking about on the sideline during the game, he's coaching, he's, you know, and it may not be coaching. Sometimes it's like, Hey, you know, you pull a defensive back who puts his head down, turns away from the defender, tries to catch him with the shoulder and the guy lets him run by and looks silly, but he gives, he has the confidence in him to keep him out there and a player two later he makes a great tackle, you know, the same type of situation, you know, and those are, I think those are the little things because, you know, previous regime, sometimes those guys were getting pulled out and we didn't see them for a week or, or two. sometimes nobody got pulled out. Well, yeah. And so there, so we go from no accountability to, you know, lack of responsibility to, you know, it's just, but I think now, it's easy to say, but it's a steady voice. It's a uh, professional voice. I think there's more cohesion with Joseph and um, Bush. Obviously, I don't know how much cohesion there is with um, Joseph and, and Whipple. I think Whipple's or Joseph's just kind of said, "Hey, this is your show. Call the game, right? Call the game." Because yeah. you have to almost Let think that, thing. especially. Especially when they're down on the four yard line and they they don't attempt one run play, and you know things like that. But but Dan Whipple had some good play designs. He did. He did. It, same with Bush. I mean, both those guys are Whipple more than Bush, but Bush is doing some phenomenal things with the defensive, just making it simpler so guys are able to do it. 
you've seen, I believe it was Reimer, or I can't remember. Was it Reimer or Heinrich that went out? I thought it was. Heinrich 40. went out with a knee because Reimer didn't even suit up. Okay, that's why I thought it was Heinrich, yeah. and he didn't return. So no, you were so down you both have, starting yeah. linebackers there. It, it makes sense you're going to give up a little bit more. You've still got yeah, a true yeah, freshman at cornerback. Yeah, Mago Clements and Hausman playing pretty much the majority of the snaps. Yep. Then you and, had Phelan and, Sanford was in there a lot making plays. He was in there a lot at the safety spot, safety nickel, whatever you want to put him as there. I mean, he, you had a lot of guys that your opening day were not out there. No. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's not ha- – you can't be happy about that because you still lost the game. But let's keep everything in, in, retro, you know, in perspective here. You, you still are with an interim head coach, an interim defensive coordinator, someone that was calling – offenses before the forward pass was created <laughs> you've got an offensive line that can't block therefore you can't run the ball you've got to do what you got to do and you got to utilize your best option your best option is to drop back and throw the ball to Trey Palmer get Marcus Washington involved get Volklek involved Alante Brown we haven't seen a lot of him if we can get Grant a little bit more involved in the screen game a lot of different things that you can do but Whipple's going to do what he said he was going to do Frost said he was going to do a lot of things. He didn't do any of them. Whipple no, said, I'm going to get my best player of the ball. What the fuck is he doing? He's getting his best player of the ball. Well, and you could see that historically. You could see that. And you, know, you go back a, to his, a pit. Yeah. Well, and go back to go, go all the way back to UMass um, with, uh, with his receiver. I just blanked on the name. Uh, played it, played for uh, the Cardinals down in Arizona. Um, Fitz. No, the receiver. Uh, there was a receiver. I can't think what his name was. Oh, Isabella. Um, yeah, Andy of, Isabella. That's what Andy yep, Isabella. I was literally just and, thinking of that. Yep. I and, was like, Fitzgerald didn't go there. He went to Pitt. <laughs> um, but just doing the, you know, doing those, just getting them to to guys like that and figuring out. And that is right now. That's Palmer. Um, you know, there's guys that are that are uh, playing good secondary and. Um, other roles to support the receiver and to get them in a place, you know, that they can, they have to honor the other guys. And, you know, so that, but <laughs> talk about a, a, a master class and how not to coach or play a secondary Purdue was, was that I can't, I can't believe did they, did they think they needed to shut our run game down that much that they weren't sliding back? And, you know, I don't know. It just, that was amazing. I'm I am a little bit surprised that Trey hasn't faced a little bit more bracket coverage um in his at all. Um and if he has it's been very few or he's just completely destroyed the coverage. Yeah. Um and you can't put a safety on him. I think the best way to do it is literally get someone on the line and you've got a safety behind him or Playing zone and let a nickel and dime in, let Nebraska make the mistake. I think we're going to see, I would bet over the next three games, a minimum of seven pass interference calls against. Hey, Palmer. if it gets you, just if it to, gets you, just keep doing what you do. Well, I mean, just if that, if what's the defense want a 60 yard touchdown or a 15 yard penalty? It's, you know, it's not even a discussion <laughs> in my book. You tackle his ass every time, mid route. <laughs> Don't that care. Balls in the air, just tackle them. Yeah, that would be that'd be amazing. 
I mean, I, I think the biggest concern outside of the offensive line, it's going to involve the offensive line. Well, before I get to that, how about Timmy Bleak Road? I told you guys Bleak Road would be a huge part of the game yesterday. I was right. I'm the only one that ever talks about punters or kickers. And you know what? I got what? the bat signal. I called in. I called in for that exact same I, reason. I'm Come the on, only y'all. one here that ever gives the punter and kicker any love. And Timmy Bleak Road was my third or fourth most important player yesterday. So he was your fourth. Go. He was your fourth. And yeah, I will because Bill I Bush will was say, five and yeah. Grant was three. And I will say that our nine listeners know that that's not true, that you're the only one that gives these guys credit. So come on. Call now. me a liar. Make a make a statement. Make a definitive statement. It's from the office. <laughs> I was trying to come up with something. something yeah, I figure you you didn't see that show because you're old. We need a we need a we need a bell or something every time there's a, it might be going off the whole. I was show. gonna say I I was just gonna do the Michael roast on you, but I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> Oscar, um, gay, burned. So, offensive line. What what do you do? Before we get Whoa, to the, the other up? side of the ball, like, what do you, what can you do? Okay. Let's put it this into perspective. Number one, to protect Casey Thompson. Number two, to have some semblance of a running game. What do you do with these guys? I, well, I, I'm trying to figure out, are there, are there guys lower on the depth chart that just need a chance to go out there and, and push some guys around? Are there, you know, there's all these things. I, I don't think I, at I this point, I mean, you, I think, I feel like you'd have seen him. At, I, I get what you're saying, but I just feel like at this point we, we would have seen him. But um, I want to go, you, your point about running the ball. I mean, usually if you've got a good passing game or a dynamic passing game, you have to honor that. Well, it's still not being honored because it's so hit and miss for Nebraska. It's not a consistent passing game. Mm-hmm. If you can hit a little bit more of the mid-range shots, maybe Vokalek on a linebacker, but the problem is Vokalek still isn't healthy. If you can do anything in that intermediate game, that probably, I don't know, 12 to 17-yard range, and you can really start stretching that defense, Grant can start getting loose. A few things that I, I really like what Whipple did where he was moving the pocket. And that was something I brought up on, on also on the radio was running maybe a little bit more triple option concepts where you fake to a, to a grant and get the defense flowing to the left and then pull that ball, throw it to Trey on the right, have him, you know, running a short route there. Um, it's just simple RPO concepts, but it gets your best two players involved. Are you, are you surprised that we haven't seen many stretch runs? Are you surprised we haven't seen even just a toss and let just we're going gun more than I assumed we would. So you get a toss, let those guys at least get out and get their bodies moving, tackle guard, pull your center, whatever you've got to do, because now you're giving somebody like Grant an opportunity to read. And if he makes the right call, he makes the right call. He's making yards on his own anyway. So, I mean, he's this, I don't know, those, there's just things that, but I haven't been, I haven't been impressed with our design of our run game in a long time. Um, I can tell you the best offensive lineman 
center. Yep. Yeah. Dixon. And he, yeah. And I and said he gets, that to Verzel too, by the way, shout out to uh, Matty V. Izon's best pizza in Omaha. Yeah. He, uh, well, and here's the thing. And you, what do you, what do the announcers say? Well, other than Matt Millen, like he's praising, 75 years old, <laughs> praising Aiden O'Connell, like he'd never seen somebody play quarterback that good before. So I heard but, that a few times. I'm really glad that I had a bunch of people over my house and I could not hear shit. Oh, it was, it was, it was crazy. But the thing is, it's like, you know, he, he, it's not like he didn't talk Palmer up and he wasn't, you know, but like Aiden O'Connell's making, you know, three yard passes accurate. Great. He's making a seven yard pass. I don't know. It was just, it was just weird, but no, the, the idea of the announcer though, I haven't heard Hickson's name. I feel like once this season on a, on a telecast, right? So by not Which, saying his name is the best thing possible, right? That's just what I was going to say. Being an offensive lineman, if I don't know your name, that's probably mm-hmm. a fucking good thing. And if I do know your name, I wanted to speak. I wanted because you're making plays like Jurgens did last year, which 30 yards down the field and not snapping the ball over someone's head. Yeah, I, I've been trying to look this up and I know I'm going to go. But like that offensive line, you you got you go back. Ooh, Sorry, my two, fantasy team is two, putting up points. Two thousand year two thousand, you got Dominic Riola at center, um, getting you know gets national awards and all American stuff like that. You've got, I think, was it two thousand twelve? Um, was it Spencer Long with the Big Ten? Maybe got a couple of. My point on this is. That's where we're going, right? We're going back to 2000 or 10 years ago where our offensive line was something to behold, right? I mean, it's yeah, just, I think it was Polini was the last time there was a formidable offensive line where you were set five guys across. There were some under Riley. I mean, I don't want to discount yeah, those guys. No, no, but you just, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's so glaring right now though that it takes your, that's it, where the, you know, your attention, your attention goes there. I mean, the good thing is though, I really don't feel like you're that far off. I, you are going to have to get a new center because Hickson will be gone. I believe you've got a guard, possibly two. I think your interior is not as big of a concern as your um, bookends. I think because it's just, you, you're going to be looking at a brand new right tackle and left tackle. I, I mean, think. the the doorman at a New York penthouse. Well, hello, sir. Have you met Casey Thompson? And they just open the door, open I've the never, door. I've just never seen that before where it, you literally have both your tackles taking that side, that basically that kick step out and literally both defensive ends have shot that gap. And have a free run at your quarterback. I've never fucking seen that before. It looks like many, a lot of that many guessing. times. Looks like a lot of guessing. And well, if that's what you're doing in practice, that's cute. But what what are we doing? Yeah, I. So you go through all these things, and you know, so you 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 try not to laugh, but sometimes you have to laugh to keep yourself from crying and. I'm thinking now you go back the puking at practice was probably watching the, their practice tape, you know? Um, So I got, I I was going to send a, I was going to send a message to some of the offensive linemen on Twitter because you know, they're not going to block you. I mean, you could just on and on 
on and on of these things, but it's just Did like you see that Tennessee player throw up, by the way. And it was Did like he, so he just projectile put a hole, had to put a hole in the ground. And well, and then he looked at the Alabama players and just shakes his head and then goes to the line and lines up. That is, like, that is a, power a puke and right rally. There. That is a puke and rally. Oh like, yeah. You he know just, what? Yeah. He throws up in the huddle, looks at Alabama, <laughs> nods his head and walks right up to the line. Yeah, this, your, it was a straight power move. What was your what's your take on the on the defensive line from last night? Um, it's I'm not I'm ugh. how the hell do I want to put this? They're not great. They are what they are. Nobody's magically coming through the door to save this team on either side of the line. There are the guys, there are guys there. I think the, the, the top 11 on that depth chart are a very talented bunch, very inexperienced. And I think we're a lot of the problems that we're seeing, we're going to see it all year long. Oh yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. It's just, do you think, it's, okay. Do you think there's anything schematically is it? Is there anything coaching? Because to me, it feels like the edges are just running upfield every time, you know. And I, they have maybe to be going coached. back to an even front. They have. I don't to know be if we've got the linemen for it. Yeah, they have to be coached that way, right? They've got to be told, okay, get upfield. You know, I, I would know. assume I, it's if you're shooting both your DNs straight up field, it's to make a counter shot, basically, because you you're getting the tackles to a certain depth which would be depth of the quarterback usually, and then being able to take an inside route, a swim move. Yeah. Spin move, some kind of move to get to the quarterback at that point. That's my assumption, but without, I guess, really watching it. Tough yeah, to tell, but I, I would assume it is something that is being coached. Which which all of this, we understand this, all of this to it is going to change, right? It's it's get getting through the games. You know, there's it's there's a lot there's a lot we know that's going to change and that's going to come in with what what does the defensive coordinator and that head coach value and what do they want their what do they want their coaches to coach how do they want them to coach it is it you know there's lots that's going on there so well and and the biggest thing that I think um, we as a, as a fan base need to value in the next coaches. And I've said this many a times, you need someone that's a teacher. You need someone that can not implement things because there's nothing to implement at this point. You need someone that can create a structure. You need someone that can essentially, essentially organize everything. That That's what we need right now. I don't need someone that can come in and say, well, yeah, if you give me a plan, I can do it. Anyone can do it if you give me a plan. I feel like if you were to put Scott Frost at Alabama in Nick Saban's spot, if he were to retire, let's say that that move was to be made, Scott Frost would have been reasonably successful at Alabama still because of everything around him. All he would have to do is literally fill the chair. You could fuck up a lot just filling the chair and still be successful. Here, yeah. there, was, there was nothing set up for him to be successful, which was on the athletic department above him. And now there is something set up. There, there's at least one thing that's steady. And that's Trev. Yeah. And, and it's real easy to point at a scheme and we've seen, 
we've seen this, you know, all sorts of different things. And we've talked about Bush's simplified stuff, their feeder, their feeder set, they're ready to play at the snap, you know, all these things. But going back to what you said, finding that teacher, finding somebody that can develop them, they've got to have the tools, the technique, and the ability within this scheme. I don't care what this scheme is. So we've got to get it back to, we've got to get it back to where, in that way, if you, the idea would be, could you take this, could you take this interior lineman? Could you take this defensive end and put them on any team in the big 10 and they'd be a stud. Now that's first and foremost. Do we have the players? Yeah. I think we've got some guys, right? We have some guys. Again, part of it was, and we're seeing it a little bit more putting the guys in the correct positions to be successful. Um, but there has to be because you're not going to fix technique and you're not going to retrain and deprogram and then reprogram and do it all over again in the short time that Bush and, um, and Joseph and, and Whipple and all these guys have. So you do what you can, you get the best out of it and you try to set things up moving forward. Yeah. That, that, that's re- that's really all you can do is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got a question for you, Fitzy. I want to talk about the next coach for a minute. Okay. Let's do it. So have you seen who the, the next hot coach is? It's Brent Bielema. Everybody wants Brent Bielema now. Are you saying hot is in like, because. No, 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 no. We're not doing that one. Nope. Okay. Okay. Um, you talking about him with a shirt off. Yeah. That's exactly the one I'm talking about. Yeah. I want to see it recreated right now. So and his skinniest his tits sat on his belly. Are you are you saying that everybody are you, wants are you Brent being Bielema? serious? Yeah, are you being people serious? want Brent Bielema now. Are you saying Husker fans want him? Oh yeah. A lot of them. Okay, number one, I just number one, let's just be realistic. I don't think you see somebody going from Illinois to Nebraska. Well, you're right? not gonna see these, in one year. Yeah, in division, it's not gonna yeah, happen. No. And okay, let's let's take the next step, and people aren't gonna want to hear this. Is Illinois in a better place right now? If he stays there with where he is at this moment, no. Does he lose? Does he lose Case Brown? Does he, you know, those sorts of things, right? Do you have? Yeah, but still, Illinois football second fiddle to Illinois basketball. I mean, he could he could build something there. Cross. Does swimming, (laughs) diving? Yeah, yeah, it's bowling. Um, Oh wait, no, that's Nebraska. Yeah, that's true. We are winners there. I would be interested to see what he can build that to. Um, he could probably build it to a somewhere between a six to eight win a year, which for them was pretty goddamn successful. So Northwest, a more successful Northwest, yeah. So more, a little bit more highs su- or lows. more sustainable, more sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. You won't have the high highs or the low lows, but you'll have the. Not a less successful Iowa. How about that? Iowa's done a lot of good things. I've said that many a times. Yeah, I mean it's 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 very I can't throw shade when they've beat us seven times no, in a row. No, no. You just but you look at the overall, you look at the picture, you look at what it is, and it's keep Brian Ferentz, please. Good, good, strong defense, which is they're doing. Yeah. Um, and generally, generally Iowa has a better running game. Um, yeah, they can't is, get that offensive line figured out this year. It's the same problem Nebraska's having. 
makes makes us feel better. Um, it both, does both, both of them lost OIU. centers. Both of them lost centers. Um, and, and I knew Linderbaum was going to be a goddamn stud too, and he mm-hmm. is 100%. I was shocked when he made it as far as he did in the draft. Yeah, that was that was pretty crazy. So all I right, wanted so the Eagles the, to draft him. They got the other mobile so, center. So Bert, Bertie B, high. Legitimately, though, right now. Fuck no. No, 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 no. You don't want to say who you who do you oh, think? Oh no, no. I just would have thought we were talking about Bert still. No, uh, no, no. Because okay, so here's because here's the here's the you, you you know, you talk about a husker curse to Northwestern, um, a husker curse to other programs, Oklahoma, blah, 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 right? Uh, kind of a joke this year. But you know, Matt Campbell's lost his last three. Um this is what I was bringing up, the coaches yeah. having having losses. Yes. yes. So Okay, Does it now throw that, anyone out for you? I guess I should say. That's a good way to look at it. Right now, I don't think it throws anyone out. Um, because if they were to come I, out and hire Matt Campbell, is that a is that a, a give me a letter grade on a Matt Campbell hire for you? B. B or D. B. B, B is in, in boy. boy. B is in boy. Okay, that's a lot higher than I would have thought. Um, but I'm trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get myself to look at this, at the, at the big picture, right? Um, like what, what Trev is going to be doing. It's not going to be go big picture or little picture, little man. It's up to you. Wow. It's not, it's not, uh, um, it's not one season, right? We're, we're, we're past that. I think we can throw out any candidate that is, is people bring up that comes from a group of five that hasn't been in the thick of it potentially doesn't understand um big 10 football in a way those those types of things i just matt campbell he's and again this for is for a lot of guys and you just a simple letter grade b b minus um he's built programs right he's done things in places that he probably shouldn't have um and so you've got to take and I know, you know, Husker Kool-Aid or whatever, but the Nebraska still has better of a lot of those things and will have facilities, infrastructure, money, which creates the infrastructure. We can't even argue money or, in, or um, facilities of what they will be. They're going to be yeah. top tier. Yeah, yeah. So you give, but that's, you know, you give that to Campbell. Is he consistent? I mean, on a worse season, can he be eight and four, nine and three? I don't know. I mean, where do you, where do you? He's got some nice bow antics. I've I've seen some uh, some great clips of him losing his shit. It's very reminiscent of bow. I needed I need to find out what it is because, and I'm trying to remember when I talked about it. Maybe it was last week. Somebody was talking about there's some other candidates that have essentially worked for and worked with. Campbell that he has kind of created those opportunities for those guys. So I think we're looking at Campbell as just this, you know, Iowa state thing, but there's, there's, there's a track record with him. Well, um, I, I remember I think saying he's, um, it's Leipold and Aranda both modeled their programs after. Maybe um, that's what it was. Yeah. After, cause after I, how Campbell's done it. Yes. Yes. Cause I don't, I, that's exactly why I missed it. Cause I don't listen to you. So oh, oh, um, that's fair. nobody else does either no i believe that's that's exactly what i was that kind of stuck in my head 
and I, I brought it up a couple, I brought it up a couple of times. And so no, that's a good point that, um, you know, and if that's, if that's how you look at that. Okay. So you brought those guys up, both of those coaches, Leipold and um, Aranda have both lost some games recently. Where do they stand in the, in your coaching hierarchy? I, I'm going to be honest. I don't think Leipold leaves Kansas. If they commit to him, like it looks like they're going to do. I don't think he leaves Kansas. I think they may have got themselves a basketball and football coach locked up for a while. Well, I, I think you've got Leipold who walks in with what looks like a menu from a Denny's and he slams it down on the AD's desk and says, I want the Mel Tucker. And it's 95 million for 10 years. I don't think he'll do it. I think he'll take far less money for himself. But when he wants, no, no, you, you know what I mean, though. He's going to, oh, yeah, get, he could. He's yeah. going to win out. He's going to win. Oh, out. yeah, easy. But if anybody can, if anybody now can do the Mel Tucker and then do what, do what's been going on, I mean, good for you. Right. But yeah, I, I think he's, um, regardless of how he finishes up this year, you've seen what he can do with Jay when Jalen Daniels is healthy at quarterback there. Plus, I believe it's his one of the starting receivers or, Wide, rec- or re- wide receiver or running backs dislocated his hip. So a lot of big injuries down there in yeah. Lawrence. But Aranda, Trev, for me, okay. I'm still high on Aranda. Okay. And that's – so Trev Trev comes out on – we have a bye week, right? He comes out on Wednesday. I don't know. For fun, right? For podcast sake. And says, okay, here are three – here are th- my top three guys. Who do you want on that list? So if it's mine – Ooh, are we including Mickey or no? Um, no. So I'm going to, I like to, I like to look at this and, and those of you, this is not good podcasting, but I'm giving a visual. Mickey's on the right in his own column. The other coaches are on his left, on the left, right? So you've got Mickey and these three, these three guys. Okay. I, I like that because I, and I did a poll and it was on, and I wanted to put Mickey in there, but it was slanted so heavily toward Mickey that I was like, all right, that was probably, when I should have left him off, but then I would have got bitched at for leaving him off. So okay. damned if you do damned, if you don't No, that's where I've, I've, I've kind of in my mind decided, like, I'm, I think Mickey is Mickey's in his own separate be, category he, and he is. And he, but I still think he needs to, no matter what, if he Trev brings these three, there's three plus Mickey to get interviewed, right? He's got to go. Yeah, exactly. That process. Mickey, yeah. Mickey has guaranteed himself an interview yeah. at this point. Uh, so I'm going to make this tough on myself. I'm going to go Aranda, Kiffin, and Gundy. Those are my three. Say that again. Aranda, Kiffin, and Gundy. And that's that's a tough three. And then Mickey. All right. Did you like that? Could you, you hear like that? What? Could no, you hear any of that? Oh. I, I could not. I must. I thought I had it set up that I could play it out of the speakers too. I had a train, a train starting and the whistle and everything. I, I did train. my train noise when I was on the radio by myself. Did you do the uh, Alabama boo at all? I, I, boo. Boo. I, I, I did not do my Alabama. How, mu- how much <laughs> Al- do you think they were booing yesterday? Alabama. <laughs> so, okay. So, Aranda, Kiffin. I'm sorry. I was. <laughs> no, you're good. You're trying to make a train noise. Uh, Kiffin, Aranda, and Gundy. I really was. Yeah. <sighs> Where were you on Gundy? Did did uh, did Drake and I talk some talk you into Gundy from last week? So honestly, I liked Gundy when Riley got hired. Oh, I liked right. what he you, did you have said previously. That. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 
he's a little bit out there, which he's dialed it back recently um, compared to when he was a man in his 40s. You're um, not seeing, yeah, you're not seeing any of that stuff anymore. I mean, you're not. No, he had the OAN thing a year or two yeah. ago, but I mean, he, he had the conversation with his players and it seemed to squash that. Yeah. But you and, also have, this is, you also have the big talk, big part of it all the expansion and all of the alignment with the big 12, you've got Oklahoma um, and uh, Texas going to the SCC. And they're not protecting they're, that still water rivalry. And there's not the, a lot uh, rivalry. of rivalry. Yeah. And there's not a lot of talk. And I, I still, I look at, I mean, all three of those guys, you know, Lane Kiffin is up to at Ole Miss. So he's in the SEC, right? Is that the pinnacle of where you want to coach? But it's still not like, you know, it's not like he walked into Ole Miss and said, yep, I've got the Ohio State of the SEC right now. I mean, all three of those guys could cement their legacy by bringing Nebraska back to. You could say national relevance. I mean, national yeah. relevance to me is a top 25. On team. the feet. Yeah. Well, let's just go with that being in the being in the top 25. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to say um, you got to make a national championship team. I think if you've got this team consistently in the top 25 and I'm not going to say where in the top 25 they need to be, but if you've got that team in the top 25 consistently, you're, you are doing everything you need to do because you are firmly in the division race in the big 10. You're in the division race and you're consistently beating the teams you're supposed to beat, which is why like the shock on my face when I'm going through stuff and I'm like, James Madison is 25th. James Madison as a football team. I mean, so those teams need to be up there. Syracuse keeps rolling. Um, you know, they just beat North Carolina state, which so that's not, another gone, coach I'm surprised you know? isn't being mentioned. I mean, so I'm going to mention a real uncomfortable topic for a second because you know, we dieting? Always, well, besides dieting, okay. Um, it, the, the lack of diversity in division one coaches in, in, in major college football, I get that. So you've got your Deion Sanders who let, let's be very clear. There is a very good job right down the road for Deion Sanders at Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. I've For Georgia Tech, they really need to just open the wall and do whatever they got to do to steal him from Jackson State. But Dino Babers up at uh, Syracuse, who is a black coach, is a very good black coach. I'm honestly surprised that I have not heard his name mentioned once. You know, and that kind of shows the I, maybe the lack of diversity in coaches. But I'm honestly surprised I haven't heard his name once. And nobody's saying anything about that. We're bringing up Dion because he's flashy and he's got results. But I don't think he, he's not a Northern guy to me. He's an, and he's a name. I mean, he's a name. You know, he's he a name. played in, in Atlanta. Uh, Where was Babe? Where's Babers from? What's his, what's his little quick backstory? I mean, um, he's been at Syracuse for, gosh, I want to say damn near 10 years now. He's been there for a long time. Last time they were good, they they peaked under him, and they went through a slump where he was on the hot seat, and he's got him back in the top 25 again. So Babers is one that he's he's built that program, and that's a tough program to build up there in Syracuse in the ACC. Tough program to build. Yeah. I, I just don't know if he's also a flashy option, but I'm just so surprised his name hasn't been ever mentioned. So he's been there. He's been there for seven years. Okay. Um, you know, he's 66 and 59. So he's just, he's just a, a tinge above five. He's kind of your Mike Riley. I, I was just going to say he's, you know, that's our, that's our, our watermark right there. You know, you bring in somebody that came in at 
what eight what was it 89 and 89 or some random number Almost, like that yeah, and he left and he left at 119 and 119 you know just something but he left at 500 literally if, left at 500 yep and he's and he one that i wanted to bring him up because like i said there's there's a lack of coaches being mentioned i guess black coaches being mentioned so i wanted to bring that one up i'm just surprised no one else has mentioned it at least i well, haven't heard it well, and I, I've said this before, and if, if nothing else, nothing else comes out of every one of us talking about and doing our own coaching search and putting, I mean, the time that we've spent on presentations, PowerPoints, and getting those unzipped files out to Trev Alberts has not been nothing short of spectacular, but it's given us a chance to learn a little bit. So yeah, no, no, Dino, no, no, Dino, Dino Babers, Eastern Illinois, probably didn't realize that coach Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, he's developed guys, you know, those are the, you know, those are the, those coaches that. Are you sure that they were there at the same time? Um, Because you only have four years of college, maybe five. Cornerstone of Babers, Eastern Illinois teams was quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, where'd you find that on Wikipedia? Uh, No, I'm going to go with uh, cues.com, which would be Syracuse's website. Listen here, Um, vegan. I don't need you to Google shit. He was at. He was at Baylor. Um, he was four years at UCLA, running backs coach, receivers coach at Texas A&M, and offense coordinator Arizona. I guess now that so he's I been all it, over, I, the I've place. heard the name. I I probably connect him more as the OC at Arizona. Um, probably in the what? Probably two thousand. However many four or five years, you know. Oh no! So this was nineteen ninety eight. Um, so scoring offense, stuff like that. Um, recruited more than 70 NFL players, 33 draft picks. I think picks. they had Trung Candidate, I think, was one of his running backs, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Huh, that's a fucking name. So. I always um, used to pick him in Madden because he had 99 speed overall, and I'd just run quick quick tosses to the outside and cheat. He graduated from Hawaii, um, and he started at three different positions, outside linebacker, strong safety, and running back while he was there. That makes sense. They only have seven people that play on that team. <laughs> it's like eight man football, but no, that's, that's interesting. That's uh, yeah. He's just a name that's kind of out there that mm-hmm. um, I think is an interesting one to talk about, but I, I, I got to go. With I think we dream. can both say though, I would love, I would love for that conversation to come up because of just him being a phenomenal football coach. Right? Yeah. And that's not, where- not something that unfortunately feels like something you have to force. Exactly. I don't feel like um, you have to force the Mickey conversation because I feel like it's just he's showing that he can take the next natural step to being the head man mm-hmm. if given the proper support and the resources. Um, there are a lot of conversations you do feel like you have to force. If, if you've mm-hmm. got a guy that's never done it before and has shown you nothing, well, you feel like you're forcing it quite a bit. That's, I don't feel like we're having that conversation with Mickey, no. though. I always think about who's the who's going to be this kind of name out of nowhere. I think Dino Babers could be a name out of nowhere. I wouldn't be, you know. Um, but the 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 hard part is we're never, especially with the, the search firm, you know. That way there isn't any. It's not like we're going to be able to track a plane um, from Trev Alberts that you know hopefully lands and comes back without a coach. We've seen that before, Steve Peterson. Um, but you know, just little things like that. It's I don't know if we're gonna. If we're ever going to, are we going to see, you know, if we know, if we have a feeling that the announcement's coming 
after the Iowa game, right? Yeah, I would imagine is. we'd hear within a week, maybe two after yeah. the Iowa game, or at least have something set up. Yeah. So now at that point in time, we're going to have to really rely on these insiders, the guys that are going to be doing their job, media members, and having a better for, or a better feel for, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing it's down to A, B, and C type of thing, right? And I think, and I've, I really believe, and I, and I could be wrong because it's more often the case than not, that we're going to know where Mickey stands in two or three more games, right? And I'm not saying, because I, I don't want to contradict what I said earlier, the losses that some the losses that some of these coaches like Campbell on a three game losing streak or you no know, things like that that's not for me end all or be all that does not make no, a wins or losses coach. don't yeah yes. and wins and or so losses just aren't because, going to get him the job or lose him the yeah. job but that's the thing you're gonna have to t- you're gonna have to tune out those idiots that are like well Mickey Joseph he only he only won four games with these you know whatever it is right that's a hell of a country accent you just did there no that's just dumb. So I can do four versions of that being dumb. So well, I'll um, call you water, buddy. <laughs> King of the Hill. Fucking old cowboy. King of the Hill. Um, I'll tell no, you I what. Just... <laughs> Gotta love Hank Hill. And then it's the the next the next voice would be the kid down in the base, the kid who's 37, down in the basement yelling up at mom. About um, meatloaf. About meatloaf and this coach has lost three in a row. How could they be Nebraska's coach? So no, I don't know. It's going to, it's going to be interesting. It is, it is fun. Um, I'm not, I go back and forth. What kind of job, what kind of reclamation project, what kind of building project, what do they, what does this new coach have that gives you the confidence that it could be, can it be a quick turnaround? Can it be a, a quicker fix? Like we've seen at some of these other schools. I mean, I'm trying to come up, I'm trying to figure out what's the Kansas. I mean, those are the things like, you know, Kansas playing well, Ohio, Iowa state came into the, you know, got a couple good players, you know, and all of a sudden he coaches them the right way. And, you know, I mean, I think the next coach is going to come in with a con- concrete I- identity of what they want to do. Um, that was something that was never established under frost because frost didn't know what he wanted to do. I think the next head coach will come in with a very clear idea of what they want to do and be able to format the roster and yeah, you're going to have to make chicken salad out of chicken shit for your first year, but a coach can adjust as you learn. And as you get better and as you get your players and you know, when the next guy takes over, it won't be this coach taking over Scott, you know, Scott Frost, but no, these are my players. And mm-hmm. that's what you're hearing out of Mickey. And that's what we'll hear out of the next head coach. I know a lot of us, myself included, bought into the narrative over the last few years because it was something Frost said. Hey, those are those are previous players, or those are Mike Riley players and shit like that. They're they're your players once you take over as the head head man. Well, and it, it really does get you thinking. What were those guys that rolled over from Riley's recruits to Frost? What what were they thinking? Why would they play hard for him? Right? Why are they going to do? x y and z if he's constantly and i know it's a it's a you know not a stretch but constantly saying well this is what we were dealt so we've got to get new guys in we've got you know what's it going to take me and i know mickey joseph said he's like we gotta we need more talent you know you can't lie you can say that that that's that's just being honest mm -hmm. if you did if, if you didn't need more talent you'd be winning more games yeah 
So, but yeah, I, whoever comes in, Joseph or somebody else, you, you don't, you don't look and I, and figure out, yeah, you want to figure out what's wrong, but you, what's even more important is, do you have a solution an, an idea of a solution when you walk in that door? Does Joseph have a plan that he could put together with a list of coaches that he comfortably believes that he could have on staff? Cause I think that's what I, I believe that's something that Trev's going to want to look at, right? Who, who is going to be on your coaching staff? Yeah. You're a, you're a big name, right? You're, you're, you're winning this PR battle of coaches that everyone wants, but who else are you bringing with you? And I think you have to be careful of whole staff. You got to be careful of now, if it's somebody that's brought in different guys at different times, and you've seen that it's not just been the same guys for the last 15, 20 years, and the success has been moderate and there's a peak and a, a trend, but um, I think that's, you've got to look at this whole picture. And I think it would be interesting to see, you know, I'm, I'm almost, yes, I'm going to be interested in who the coach is. I'm going to be really interested in who the coordinators are, who's on his staff, what, you know, because that's going to give you a pretty good idea of like, what are they going to, what's the, you said it, what's their identity? What's this football team's identity, not just offensive identity. Right. But if you had to, you know, is it, is it lunch pail, hard hat, and let's get to work. Is it, you know, we're going to still, you know, we're going to play wider, faster, and, and then take our shots, you know, and be, you know, kind of frilly about it, or are we going to grind and create? And it starts with the biggest, baddest guys that I can get on the offensive line, whether they're one star, no star or five star. Yeah, it's, we're going to have to go through that next week. Cause we got a game to watch fits. Uh, who, who, who's playing, sir? Um, Your the Eagles versus the cowgirls I'm guessing you're a cowgirls fan aren't you no nope. huh i'm not you seem like you would be wow you know because you're vegan and all <laughs> and i assume dallas cowboy fans are all vegans so they probably watch pro wrestling as well hey you're gonna yeah. leave me you're gonna leave me alone when i get peter to sponsor our podcast I, yeah, why? Why would I have a? I mean, as long as they're willing to pay me, I'm I'm cool there. saying whatever. <laughs> Give me that's twenty hilarious. bucks, Pete. I'll I'll say whatever you want me to say. Twenty. That's what your. That's what our podcast worth. Twenty bucks. I mean, I. The going rate's not high, Fitz. Yeah, I got to go yeah. watch my Eagles beat the Cowboys. Yeah, so if any person wants to sponsor it just with their name, Venmo is twenty bucks, and you could be the yeah, sponsor we'll, of the we'll podcast. Make you sponsor for the week. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, if someone wants to Venmo me 20 bucks for that, yeah, that'd be great. That's like 633 each. 650. I don't know. Math is tough. That's well, hilarious. Fitz, do you have any parting gifts for the great people of this podcast? I don't. Going into the bye week, um, gotta get ready for Illinois. So it'll be uh, a fun and exciting game. Is there a time is to be determined, right? I believe so. What do you, you have a prediction on that game time? Cause it's at Nebraska, right? Uh, yes. Give me, give me, I wouldn't be mad at two 30, but I, I, I would kind of like a night game. So would I, I wouldn't be mad with that being a night game. Just that energy and having a nationally ranked Illinois team would be a good time for a knockoff. Well, that would be the, thankfully, you know, you bring them in. That's the, their, they're where they're at right now could push it maybe to that to that night btn 
you know, Fox game. Um, it wouldn't be all bad. Yeah, it Fox would be sports, great. Well, we'll, we'll break down the uh, Illinois – or you know, actually, we won't break down the Illinois game. We'll do that next week. We'll figure out something to talk about on the radio this weekend. we got enough time, so. We always do. We're the masters of bullshitting. Fitz, thanks for joining me tonight, buddy. Drake, go fuck yourself. And uh, what? I meant that. That was from the heart. There's nobody listening at this point of the episode. It's an inside joke, people. It's not mean. (laughs) No, it's 100% mean. Oh, okay. He's getting 19th hold on the uh, golf course, you told me. Something like that. Something like that. Anyway, have a good night, everybody. Take care. Members of the congregation, let's raise our Kool-Aid-filled glasses and drink to all the things that were, are, and forever will be Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go Big Red.